The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is what Jesus proclaims today, quoting from the Psalms, and it's got me thinking about cornerstones and buildings. I've been recognizing that throughout life, we, we build our life one decision at a time. Again, we, we build our life, we make our life one decision at a time. And some of these decisions are very just sort of everyday decisions. What will I wear today? What, what kind of food will I eat? How much time will I spend on my cell phone? But others are a bit maybe more, more long-lasting, more significant. Should I try out for this school team? Should I go out for this school play? What classes should I take when my supervisor comes to me and offers me a promotion, but it comes with more hours? What do I do? Do we try to have another child? Do we go to counseling? Do I propose to this person? What do I do with this diagnosis with different treatment options? Do I keep dad on life support? Again and again, we face decisions in our lives. And much like one who was laying brick down, we begin to build our lives by these decisions that we make. And every time you have a building, you have a cornerstone. And the cornerstone is not simply the decorative piece. You've probably seen these on buildings. Typically a bigger stone that might say like 1860 or 1919. But really a cornerstone, the purpose is it was the stone that was first laid. And you had to get that one right. Because once you had that cornerstone laid, that would determine the way the building could go up, could go over and could go back, right? It defined the X, Y, and Z axis of the building. And if that was laid correctly, then all along the way, as you kept laying stones, as you kept building, you could, you could make sure they were lined up with the original cornerstone. And as you make the decisions in your life, what is your cornerstone? Well, I mean, what I mean by that is, what are, what are the values that, that you have that again and again you come back to that enable you and guide you in making your life decisions as you build? So, for example, let's say you're a teenager and a friend says, hey, do you want to sleep over? Well, maybe you like that friend. You say, sure, that's great. But, but what if you have the value of, of you really want to get good grades and you realize, I've got a big science project this week, so... I can't, I can't do it. Or maybe you're an athlete and you really want to do well and be ready for practice, so you say, no, I, I, can't, I can't lose that, that good night of sleep because I'm, I'm really in season right now. Again, your values guide how you're making decisions. Or if, again, a supervisor comes to you and says, do you want to take this new role? Again, it comes with more responsibility and more hours. Maybe at that point in your life, you're like, no, I really value advancing my career. Or I, I really need to maximize income at this stage of my life. And so that's what you value, and so you say yes. Or maybe you say, no, no, at this point, I, I, I can't work any more hours. I need, I need to sort of be more present for my family, so I'm going to have to say no. Again, the values that we have, the values that we have guide how we make decisions and how we build our life. 
And I think it's a helpful exercise to clarify and be honest for ourselves of what those core values are that sort of define the X, Y, and Z axis of how we make decisions. I know one of my daughters was, was given in their one class a list of 100 words, and they slowly had to cross off words that weren't important until they were left with, with three words that define their core values. And so, again, I invite you to consider what is your cornerstone today. But when Jesus... Uh, reaffirms and really reinterprets this, this verse from the psalm that says the stone that the builders has rejected has become the cornerstone. It is a wonder to behold God's deeds here. Jesus isn't simply talking about cornerstones in the abstract or he isn't giving good building advice. He's talking about himself. Again, Jesus is saying here that this Psalm 118 is about himself. And in fact, this is the most frequently quoted Bible verse from the Old Testament in the New. This is the one that again and again, different writers in the New Testament go back to. And they go back to it because for the early Christian church, it became sort of their their Apostles' Creed almost in miniature. It became their original state, one of their original faith statements. That Jesus was rejected. In fact, he was crucified as the prophets of old. Yet, yet God raised him up to new life and he has become the cornerstone of our life. He has become the cornerstone of the kingdom of God and it will all be built upon him. And so today then I ask you, to what extent, to what extent, in what ways is Jesus Christ your cornerstone? Again, in what ways, as you are moving through life and and making all of these decisions, are you basing your decisions, are you basing your life, are you building it on the teachings, on the grace and mercy and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, on his hope and his love? When we orient our lives around the cornerstone of Christ, this gives us such strength and such power because it allows us to to move ahead in spite of challenges and opposition. It was October of 1989, and the Berlin Wall had fallen, and there was the dictator of the former East German Republic, and his name was Erich Honecker. And Honecker was not a good man by any stretch of the imagination. He's one who helped build the Berlin Wall. He developed a policy to shoot people when they were fleeing the country. And he generally harassed pastors and the church and, in fact, sent spies to to spy all over whatever the church was doing. Well, anyway, after after the wall fell, the, the new government hadn't yet been formed. And this man, Eric Honecker, was nervous about his life. He was nervous about what he should do. And he began to flee, and so he eventually decides to knock on a Lutheran pastor's door named Uwe Herman. And he knocks on the door, and he literally asks Pastor Herman for refuge. He says, can I, can I stay with you? Well, what would you do if you were Pastor Herman? You, you know this man has been an enemy to your people, an enemy to the church, and has actually ordered spies to spy on your family. And now he wants to live with you and eat of your bread. Well, for Pastor Herman, he had to consider. He had to consider his cornerstone. And he realized that the cornerstone of his life, of his ministry, had been the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. 
He knew this was central to how he needed to live, and so he said, he checked with his family, they discussed, and then they let Eric Honecker and his wife in their home. But of course, the next day, the, the reporters came. The reporters came, and they complained, and people even had signs protesting, no grace for Mr. Honecker. And Herman just sat there and said, the world is so filled with violence, we, we need this message of forgiveness. I do not want to start our new chapter in our nation's history with one of vengeance, but rather one of reconciliation. And then he added and he said, for each week we pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Again, his conviction about what his cornerstone was allowed him to move ahead with such clarity in life against great opposition and heartache. So again, I ask you, this last week, how has it been? Has Jesus Christ been the cornerstone of your life? My hope is that for some of you, really for all of you, that at least for some parts of the week, you can say yes. You can say yes. In fact, part of the reason why we're here today is to praise God, because we, we recall those times in, in our week, in our lives, where we, we had this sense that what we were doing was ordained by God, and that we, we were aligning our lives to the cornerstone. Had a visit this week. It was a beautiful visit in which I sensed God's presence there in that visit. And so again, we, we come to worship on a Sunday to see the ways in which Sunday and Monday did connect, in which faith and God's love were over, enveloping our whole week, and so we come with praise. Yet we also come with confession. We also acknowledge that there are, are parts of our lives in which we have not built on the cornerstone that is Christ. We come and we realize that by our inactions, our actions, by just the speed with which life happened, by all sorts of things, that our life is no longer aligned with the cornerstone. So again, we come today with both a yes and a no, but I want to give you a little bit better answer than yes and no, and to do that, I need to go back to this parable, this very harsh and challenging parable that Jesus offers. Jesus really gives an allegory here. He summarizes for these religious leaders the last thousand years of Israel's history. And he says, look, religious leaders, you and your ancestors, you have again and again and again and again and again killed the prophets, sent away the servants of God. And now you've done it to John the Baptist, and you're going to do it to me, who is the Son of God. Right? Jesus just tells them how it's going to happen. Jesus doesn't even give them a warning about repentance. He simply says, this is what you will do. You have rejected God. Yet Jesus comes back and says that they are not in full control. That Jesus is the cornerstone. Whether we're ready for it or not, Jesus is the cornerstone of this universe. Now by his death and resurrection, all things will be oriented around this. And he lets them know that even though they will reject him, the Lord will base all things on him. In our lives, Jesus is the cornerstone. And I don't want to preach this one this hard. I just want to invite you to think about it. The parts of your life that you have not built with the cornerstone of Christ in mind. Right? The parts of your life where you haven't done so in accord with Jesus' teachings. How have those parts of your life stood against the test of time? 
Again, the parts of your life where you didn't orient your actions and your decisions to be those of what Christ wanted, how have those withstood the test of time? My sense is that time has pulled them away and torn them down, for again, there is only one cornerstone. But the good news, though, is that although it is our decision of how to build the stones we're given, we're not the ones who are giving us the stones. Jesus reminds us here in this parable that in spite of the thought that we're in control of it all, we're not. And that God is actively writing our story with us, and God is the one handing us the bricks. And what I've discovered in my life is that again and again, the parts of my life that needed to be stripped away, that needed to be pushed aside, that, that weren't whole, that were not in line with the cornerstone, Christ continues to give me the pieces that fit in those places to refortify and to continue building. So if we take this man, uh, Uwe Hermann, when he was a young man, he actually joined Hitler Youth. Like many young Germans at that time, he was just excited about camaraderie and apparently loved cars. And they were talking about cars in Hitler Youth. But again, the Lord finally will, will do away with that which is not on the true cornerstone. And eventually he became sick, very sick with the lung infection. He needed to go somewhere for almost 10 months to be healed of this. And, and during those 10 months of recovery, during those 10 months, he met another person, an older teenager. And this older teenager was on fire for Jesus. And Uva then realized that's the kind of person that he wanted to be. Neither of them had any clue how life would unfold, that Uva would be the one to enter into a new chapter of reconciliation for their nation some 50 years later. Again, in life, there's a way that the Lord will do away with that which is not aligned with the cornerstone and give us the pieces then to build back on that firm foundation. But allow me to end a little bit poetically here because I'm worried that if we sort of take this to its logical end, when we're all in the eternal vineyard of the Lord, we're going to look out and we're all going to have beautiful rectangular boxes of stone and I think heaven will be kind of dull if that's what it looked like. I think heaven's going to be prettier than that. And I have this sense, too, that when, when God gives us the pieces to fill back in, they're not often brick or stone, as pretty as brick and stone can be. But, but I sense that, that sometimes they're, they're really beautiful. And I wonder if even the Lord is kind of giving us sort of almost pieces of glass so that then when we rebuild our lives on this, this cornerstone, we're not just building some strong wall, but, but some wall that, that has in it, if it were, these, these pieces of, of almost stained glass that are letting the light of Jesus Christ shine through. So when I read about the whole life of, of Uwe Herman, he died this week, and I was just reading his whole life, and it was this beautiful life with twists and turns and mistakes and, and failures and, and physical illness. But through it all, again and again, God kept restitching and kept offering more pieces to, to rebuild so that in the end, as we look at his life, we can see that, that the light was shining forth through him. And that one day then when we're all gathered again in the eternal vineyard and we look at our lives, we no longer need to take any more time to, to confess the, the broken parts, but instead we can simply praise God for the beautiful light that is streaming through for all eternity. Amen.